You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. All right, I'm excited about today's podcast. I have Jimmy Rex with me today. We're going to talk about, you know, purpose. We're going to talk about some entrepreneurship, a lot of different things. He's one of the top real estate agents in the country for over a decade and moved into something that I think gave him a little bit more uh, purpose. So I'm excited to have Jimmy with us here today. Jimmy, it's great to have you on the podcast. Sean, thanks for having me here, man. Appreciate it. All right. So you were a great real realtor there for quite a while. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I did it for 17 years and kind of hit the the pinnacle of my career uh, about four years ago. I sold the most expensive home ever in Utah. You know, I'd sold thousands of houses, you know, as a top agent in the in the country for literally over you know, almost a decade and a half. And but I sold this thirty-two and a half million dollar house. It was the most expensive home ever sold in Utah at the time. And and at the peak of my career, I just knew I, I was like I had fulfilled what I was supposed to do with real estate. And I, I kind of started down this journey of like, all right, where do I want to go from here to really create more impact? And kind of spent a couple of years really trying to figure that out. That led me to what I'm I'm doing now. But yeah, I I enjoy and enjoyed a very long career doing real estate at, at a high level. So how do you? Because it's this, I love the subject that you're going down because I think anybody, I, I joke about midlife. Hey, if, if if all you have to do is watch the evening news to know midlife is 25, 35, 40, 40. This idea that midlife is 50. Tell me the last time you hung out with a hundred year old. <laughs> well, my grandma turned a hundred last year, but other than that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? You know, yeah. we have, we have this kind yeah. of like, okay, at 50, you're going to start analyzing things. No way. Yeah, I, I have a marketing piece I put together and the average man lives to be 78 years old. And and so, you know, if you start doing the math on that yeah, at 39, yeah. you're halfway home. Exactly. I think that, you know, it's it's just insane that we, we think that we're going to get to 50s or in our mid 50s and we're going to be able to restructure everything. I'm a firm believer and you, you need to start a whole lot sooner than that. And, and, you know, because I, I find that life goes in like these big thirds. So I've had this thought. And so that's why this makes this podcast so good is that from like zero to 25 is you're figuring out your place in the world, how you're going to survive. You're going to get an education, you're going to go to college, you're going to do whatever it is. But your goal at 25 is to be a self-sustaining individual. Okay. That's think, number one. Yeah. Perfect. Right? Yep. 25 to 50 is in most cases, now obviously in this day and age of what the heck you can do anything you want. I'll let you run up that street, but it's to have a family. Okay, you're going to have a family and you're going to provide for them and you're going to hopefully pass on a better generation than you were, you know, better financially, more educated, you know, one step up or or two. I was raised by wolves. Okay, and then there's the stage where you kind of reevaluated everything that's happened to fit because you've almost been playing defense for the first 50 years. You know, it's it's a treadmill. Yeah, and then 50, yeah. you know, and then somewhere along midlife where you kind of got the family thing going, you start looking at yourself and you're either unhappy, bored, not fulfilled. You just kind of like, you know, look in the mirror or, or, you know, look at your balance sheet and go, wow, I'm not really where I want to be or where I want to be is where I thought I wanted to be. And now I'm there and I don't even like it. Yeah, I think a lot of people get stuck in this place too, where they they live a life where of, that was expected of them. You know, it's not even their own dream; it's not even their own life that they wanted to live. But they have these expectations of family or community or culture or whatever it might be, and so they end up in this spot. You know, I have a lot of men that reach out to me and they're like, "Dude, I, I just you know, I have doctors and lawyers, people are like I, I got into this career because I want to make money or be, you know, some of them are like, I'm not even very good at it because I hate it." And 
but yet they keep doing it. It's become their identity. And, and it takes a lot of guts, you know, essentially to go, wait, what do I truly want to do with my life? Because you, you, at some point you either keep going and that's, you know, my book that I wrote is called you end up where you're heading the hidden dangers of living a safe life. And the whole principle behind that was most people on their deathbeds, they don't regret the decisions they made. Like if you went for it and you struck out or you went for it and it didn't work out, you usually are so grateful for the lessons that you learned that you're still glad you did it. But where people have regret, it's the things they never tried. It's the dreams that died within them, the conversations they never had. And so playing it safe. Yes. So if you can get past that point, you know, and you have to exercise that muscle. I just got back from Spain. I took 70 of the guys I coach. We went and ran with the bulls in Spain, um, 70 of us, because if you can stare down a 1400 pound bull chasing you through a, a narrow alleyway and, and uh, that adrenaline rush, there's nothing else like it. I, I can't imagine anything else in the world that feels like that. Then all of a sudden having that tough conversation with your boss or stepping out of a job that you don't even like, or whatever, talking to your kid about something that's very uncomfortable. All of a sudden that becomes pretty easy to do. And, and your life starts to be more by design instead of by default. Now, I, the, the, where, where you're going with, I, I love, you know, I'm, you know, on my podcast, I'm always concerned. I have opinions about masterminds because I think they've been horribly misused. Okay. I would agree Hor with that. Hor horribly misused and have taken advantage of what I call the weaker, weaker. What, what I say is this, is that when the person leading the mastermind is somebody that would never be in a mastermind, pinch yourself a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. You, you know uh, what I'm saying? Like they're, sure. you know, it's like, it's exact same way cults are formed. If the guy leading the cult would probably have never been a follower of somebody, you got to kind of go, well, you know, this is a, you know, that's a subject for another well, day. Well, I think the reason why my mastermind yeah. works so well is because for 15 years, I was obsessed with becoming a better version of myself. And so I joined every other mastermind. I jo went to all these conferences. I went to every seminar. I read all the books, got all the personal coaching. And so I took the best of all the things I've been to. I'm still a member of a couple of masterminds right see, now. I, I like that. And see, yeah. that, that's my whole point. I get concerned when I see the the group that they know they can they know they can surround themselves with some people because the people are under them are weak and they aspire to be them. And I, and, and I just think you got to be careful with that. As I would say this, listen, uh, you know, leadership and, and being at the top, it, it, you have some responsibility there and you need mm -hmm. to be careful what, what you do with that, with that, you know, with your, you know, with the power that you have and the, you know, the legacy that you're building and the impact that you have, you know, you can, I, yeah, I well, don't it's, like it. It's crazy monetized. I don't like no, it. No, that's the hardest part monetized. about the hardest part about bar, uh, the hardest part about having a mastermind is that it is so noisy. It's hard for people to tell what's real versus what's not. You know, in my mastermind, for an example, I mean, I mine's leaders. I mean, these guys are all. I have guys that have four hundred employees, guys with you know nine figure businesses, um, a lot of guys that are on the come up. It's every little broad. You know, we have people from all types of of different walks of life. And really, my entire mastermind is about building community. It's a movement of men there to support each other, helping each other, you know, um, with every part of life, essentially. But one of the things I love, it's called We Are The They, um, because it's not about me. And it's cool because the people that come and watch, we had a, you know, one of the guys that joined us on the bull run, uh, his name's Connor, and it was his first event with us. And the last day we were driving in the taxi, actually, to the airport together. And he goes, hey, don't take this the wrong way. But my favorite thing about this entire group, he goes, this isn't about you. He's like, you're just the facilitator of putting this whole thing together. And I said, exactly. I said, that's what I want this to be. And, you know, it's very much we are the they. And it's, it doesn't work if, you know, a lot of people say, look how great I am. Be like me. And mine is, I'm saying like, hey, look how great you are. Let's work together and try to help you figure out where in life we can help you get a little bit further. And so it, like it is different. And that's why it's working, you know.
Yeah, I no, I I, I love the community idea. I, again, I get a little nervous when I see the the cult figure up there. And you, I hate when I know the pitch is coming. And then if you don't buy the pitch, you somehow are lesser than, you know, you, you know, we, we've all seen it. They're the ones, sure. that I, they're the ones that I, I got to be honest, I'm a little bit, you know, I, I get a little nervous, but th this is what I also know. Men crave community. Mm -hmm. Men need community. I mean, we, we, we hunt in packs. I mean, we are wired. We are not wired to do life alone. And I think the biggest and this, I know this is going to come across wrong, but I'm going to spit it out there for what it's worth. Anyway, I, I so I go to play golf quite a bit and I, and I got guys that I play with. And when I show up and I see a guy over the age of 50 and his golf partners, his wife, hmm. and you know, she doesn't want to be there. You can see that golf swing, you know, 40 yards, you know, she, you know, she looks like she's swinging a broom, but it's the only person that'll hang out with him. Yeah, And I it's... always say to myself, man, where did you screw this thing up? Like, I'm all for being married. Great. What? I, okay, got that. You can do, you can, you can have a, your relationship with guys. It's a different relationship. It's completely different. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, the stats, if you look them up, I mean, almost a third of men don't have a single best friend, right? A lot of people, the, the reason why this mastermind came about is when I, you know, was at the peak of my real estate career. And I, I knew I needed to do something that had more meaning or, you know, and I didn't know what to do. I, I had imposter syndrome myself. I'm like, people kept saying like, you should do coaching. People kept asking me to coach them. And I said, who the hell am I to tell you guys how to live? I don't, I'm not even married. Like I've, I haven't, they've got a lot of shit. I got to figure out still. And, uh, and now that's a just, pitch. That's a pitch for a mastermind. Hey, I got to figure this shit out. I don't know what I'm doing. No, that's a guy pitching. I love it. No, that's so <laughs> sincere, but that, you know, that's not the typical mastermind pitch. Totally. Well, and my friends, you know, one of my guys, well, I just did a couples retreat down in Cancun with one of my groups. And one of the guys was talking to me about it. He's in a very successful marriage. And he said, a lot of people were, you know, saying stuff like how the hell is Jimmy going to teach you guys a couples retreat? Like he's not even married. And he told me that he said back to him, he said, Jimmy brought in two of the top experts in the world on marriages and counseling for marriages. And then he got the hell out of the way. He's like, that's what makes Jimmy great is he knows what he's not great at, you know? And so like my point of this is when I started thinking like, God, I'm not a coach. I don't know what to do. The, I just listened to what people were asking me. And the one thing I've mastered or done as well as anyone in the world is I know how to build really deep, meaningful friendships with other men um, at the expense of my spouse yeah. and some of those things even. But so then I said, you know, I'm just going to lean into that. And so what my group is all about is helping men connect on a deeper level, because every man, whether they're married, single, young, old, they feel like they're alone in this world. They feel like they're the only ones going through these issues. And so when you learn how to create depth to a friendship, and that's what we do at the program, um, you know, that's what I said, okay, now I no longer feel like an imposter. I can teach that. That's something I know I can create. And that's what I've done with, with We Are The They. No, men crave it. I'll never forget when I, when I moved to the city that I'm in right now as a start a business, you know, people set like different goals and mine was to launch this business to be successful. My second goal that year was to start a men's softball team mm -hmm. because I knew the power in relationships and, and they were all my clients. So I started a direct mail magazine and all my clients had like probably 40 business owners in it. And like everybody under the age of 45, it looked like they had any amount of athleticism. You know, I got them. You know, I remember our first game, we lost 14 to one in four innings. And then by the end of the year, we won the league and won it like five years in a row. And they're all my friends to this day. Yeah. You know, it's my golfing buddies or whatever. But we, we, I knew the, 
okay, I want to do a business, but I knew the value of community. Yeah. Well, and when you go and do extreme things, we do a lot of adventure and things like that because you just build a much deeper bond when it's with those emotions attached to it. And you spend seven days in Spain touring around doing four hour bus drives between Madrid and Pamplona and Barcelona and in Pamplona and some of these things. You just connect on a level that it would take you six years to connect like that, what you get in six days, because you have that focused effort really getting to know each other. And so it just expedites that much. That's why the mastermind is so powerful. That's why the concept of the mastermind is such a powerful force when used correctly, because you get to really center all that uh, energy in a short amount of time. And it just expedites that friendship years uh, for most people. No, I mean, there's why, why, you know, men seek country clubs, a sense yeah. of belonging. Uh, you know, we, we have that need there. There's no doubt. I mean, I think what you have is totally, it, different than my concept of a mastermind you are an a you're an adult activities coordinator uh <laughs> with a slash of counseling and, and and all the rest in it you know the ability to because my friends joke with me they'll say i'm an activities coordinator like yeah be like okay listen we're gonna we're gonna go to the dallas game against washington this is where we're going this is where we're flying out get your tickets in the next 24 hours I love stuff like that. It, well, that's you've done it at a massive scale. I do it for like 10 people or less. Yeah, but there's an art to that, right? Like that is one of the things that I also knew I could do as well as anybody. I mean, I've done 25 trips to the lake on a houseboat where I've had anywhere from 30 to 200 people spending four days together on a house on a houseboat trip and camping. And I've, you know, I've been to over 105 countries now. And so I've been around the world. I've seen how to put these things together. I know how to do this. Um, and then my network too is just, you know, I've been able to build this amazing network of humans that can come in and help teach experts at every level. And so that ability to coordinate and to be able to put things together, it's just a very lost art. And the guys always tell me my favorite thing about your trips, Jimmy, is I'm always the one in charge. I'm always the one worried about everything. He, they say, I just get to come and be. I don't have to worry about a thing. I don't even look at the itinerary because I know if you're the one planning it, it's going to be epic. And so they just get to come and truly relax and just kind of connect instead of worrying about all the logistics. I think, man, I, I mean, I love it. It is a gift. It is a gift of organization. I always say you have the gift of organization if you're concerned if somebody else is doing it. Like I get more nervous when somebody else is doing it because I'm afraid of what they miss. So it's, it's like, but again, take everything I've ever thought in my mind and add two zeros to it. And that's what Jimmy's doing. But, but I so agree with men, specifically highly driven men that want to succeed financially, career, typically fail miserably at relationships, at friendships. Mm -hmm. And they're, hey, listen, I always say, I have a really story that I say friendship. I have six friends since the day, I, I two of them since the day I graduated high school, uh, four I met in college, but it's six of us. So we have done life together. And life means that there's no social media. Like I've never reached out to them on Instagram, Facebook, or any of them. They're in my phone. It's a, it's, I have like a text that I have to each one of them privately. And then I have the group text, right? Mm -hmm. Every single week. I, we do vacations together, the NFL draft. I mean, you name the trip we've rented. I've rented chalets on the top of the mountains in Tennessee for us. You name the trip, I, I, I've paid for it. You know, there, you know I've, I've paid for it. It's been 30 some years, but we, you have, you know, what I always said to my, about my friends is, is that I could literally call them and say, hey, listen, I was driving. I think I hit a deer. And you drive out here and help me kind of like, I need to clean this thing up. And they show up and they go, Sean, the deer has a baseball cap on. 
You kind of know where I'm going. We got to bury the body. You know, I I always say, man, I got friends who'd help me bury the body. Uh, And that's being funny. The old Kramer episode with Seinfeld. I'm going to turn you in. You're a bad guy, Jerry. But, but, you know, (laughs) but real friends that they, they, they just, they, you know, Hey, they want you to improve, but they love you where you're at today. Yeah. And then, you know, you can, you to be better. You can go months or weeks without having conversation. You just pick up where you left off. There's no catch up. There's no need that you're not needy in the relationship. You're not asking it. Just, you just love each other. You just are best friends. It's like, I like what you said. It's like, you're very, I was thinking about that. Most of my best friends, I don't even know what their Instagrams are. I, I don't go to their Instagram. We just call each other. You know, we talk to each other. We go see each other. Exactly. I, our phone call. I mean, our, you know, it's like, Hey, our, I'm going to reach out at three o'clock today. Are you free? whatever. And they're, you know, really successful, busy people. And you know, it's funny. People always say, you know, are are you busy to do whatever? And I always go, I'm busy for everybody that I don't care about. Yeah. I'm always busy, but always available. Depends on who's asking. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Isn't that like Mm -hmm. my buddy literally reached out and wanted to go to a Yankees game. They suck right now, but he's like, Hey, we're, we're, we're just going to fly in. We're going to run it. It's going to be like a 36 hour trip. Now, anybody, like anybody outside of this group, I am busy. I'm busy for the next five years. And you would have probably got to know. I they calls me. Yes. I go, okay, I'm in. Yeah. My buddy, my buddy, Mike, he's throwing his 40th birthday party in Costa Rica. And the two days before I have a charity event in LA, I have to be at, it's actually a three day event. So I'm bailing on the third day. And then the day I get back, I'm only flying down there for 36 hours to Costa Rica. Cause I'm not going to miss his 40th birthday. Cause he's my boy. And the day I get back, I, I'm hosting a four day event on a lake with 50 guys, but in between I'm somehow getting to Costa Rica and back because that's what you do with when one of those guys calls you, you just don't miss those events. And so I made it work. Uh, you know, and that's what friendship is, is you make time. I have no time for that. I literally, I, I, if he was in San Francisco, it would have been hard to get there and back. And we're going to make it to Costa Rica somehow, because that's what it looks like to show up for your, your guys, you know? And I think men so lack there's, so, and you, you know, they're, men need other men. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just, I, I, I know that the older I get, there's only a few things that I know in life, but I can tell you that's one of them. Yeah. No. So the thing I'm most proud of of the group is the friendships. I could die tomorrow and these friendships will go forever. All of them. I mean, there's every single guy in the group has at least anywhere from three to 50 new friends, no joke. And if I died tomorrow, the thing with the friendships would just keep going because those are legitimate. Like there's a one guy, his dad died a couple of weeks ago. And tomorrow we had this really beautiful painting commissioned for of him and his dad. He was very close with him and it was kind of a tragic death. He got smashed by a trailer. I mean, just anyway. And so we're going to go deliver him but um, this painting. But when he died, I, I called him the next day just to see how he was doing. And he said, Jimmy, he said, I've had over 35 guys reach out to me. He's like, I'm so totally sad about my dad, but also overwhelmed with the love that this group he's like i can't believe this like 35 different guys have reached out to me just to see if i'm doing okay he's like this is and he just got super emotional he's like i can't believe the the brotherhood that this is it's made me nothing but grateful and, and even though i'm processing all these weird emotions it's it's really helped me through it and that's what it's about you know it's it's you know one of the guys he's super we live in utah and, and one of the guys is super mormon and he speaks Spanish and uh, he speaks English as well, but his family only speaks Spanish. Well, he had a baptism a couple of weeks ago for his eight-year-old. And we had like 20 guys in our group. Some of them are anti-Mormon. Some have never been Mormon. Some of them are I can't Mormon. spell they Mormon. They all just went to support him. And the damn thing was in Spanish. Not one guy understood a word that was said. And they sat there for two hours just to support the other guy, the other member of the group. And so they all 
just that's what true community looks like. It doesn't care what religion you are. It doesn't matter what your politics are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It's like, we're just here to support each other. And that's what, you know, what this group is all about. And it's the reason why you can tell the passion in my voice. I, I'm so excited uh, about it. No, I love it. I, and I tell my friends, listen to me, I, I know what side of the aisle you're on. And I'll give you one minute to pitch your thing. And we're both allowed to completely disagree and move on. Like we can only discuss this subject for one minute. That's because that's all it's worth. Yeah. And then Beautiful. we can completely agree to disagree. And then we're not bringing it up again. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. Then they'll go, all right, Trump this or I, but, by now, but it's over. Yeah. And I go, and then we have a rule. We cheer for our country. I love that. That's beautiful. That's what I tell. That's what I tell them. I don't want to hear. We we cheer for our country. We don't. Yeah. We don't want anyone to fail, no matter what side. Because I have to say, whoever's in that office, I, I cheer for. I can completely disagree with every single policy, but I cheer for their success because we, you know, you know. So I, I no, I, I love it. I have Jimmy Rex with me here today. We are the they, and. You know, if anybody's been listening to this podcast, you know, I don't let a lot of people come on here to pitch a mastermind. I actually think this is the first person that I've ever allowed on it to pitch a mastermind. Um, so I love the content. I, I, I personally know the value of, of friendships and specifically with men. It's different. I can't explain it. Like women will typically be friends with their daughter and their sisters if you look statistically, they don't do as well, but men, you know, that's why, again, we love, we love country clubs. We join sports teams. Uh, you know, we need it. I think we're, we're wired for it. You know, if you want to go to a scriptural level, iron sharpeneth iron. hundred percent. Well, and it's, yeah. you inspire each other, you help each other. It's, you know, it's, it is really difficult to be a man. I mean, masculinity itself is under attack. Uh, men don't know their place a lot of times nowadays in society. You know, suicide rates are three times higher amongst men than women. And uh, a lot of these guys, it's one of the reasons why I started this program. I had a couple of very close friends that I almost lost to suicide. And I had no idea. They were just going through, they were suffering in silence. They were going through this themselves. And when I figured it out, what was going on, what they really, all they needed was to be able to talk and hear that they were okay. They thought they were the worst human and they weren't, they were, they, they were just experiencing life and the ability to just share that changed the game for them forever. And so, um, you know, and I think that's why it's so important that men, if you're listening to this and you're going to find yourself in a place where you don't have somebody to talk to, you know, I mean, one way or another, you've got to get around other men. You've got to be able to open up, to share your feelings and to talk about these things. And, and it, there is places to do that, but it's been, you know, with COVID and the lockdowns and all these different things, it's been harder than ever for men to connect. You used to go to the barbershop and you could just talk for hours and hours and hours. You go sit on the coffee shop, whatever it might be. Nowadays, you do have to seek it out. And there does need to be uh, an organization to help people to connect on that level, because otherwise it's very difficult to figure out where to go to find that. I'm so excited about this because I'm, I'm such a believer in it organically over my lifetime, you know, being an athlete, been very fortunate to, to, but we do have so many facade friendships. I've never forget. I, I joined this country club, one of the top country clubs, you know, whatever. And I'll never forget because I, I quickly got rid of my membership. Every time I got introduced to someone, they had to introduce me as what I did for a living and what they did for mm -hmm. a living. It was so nauseating. Yeah. Every time I showed up, I'd get my golf. This is Sean. He owns blah, 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 blah. Sean, meet Dave. But like it was never, hey, Sean, meet Dave. Never. 
Yeah. I, I, and it just got so, it didn't matter what we were doing. It was always like a preface of your bio. Well, that was one of the things that I hated anytime I would go to events when people would act that way. So my very first event I ever hosted, I had 50 men show up. We had an Airbnb and it had about 45 beds and 10 couches. And one of the guys flew in on his private jet and he was the last one there because he didn't time it very well. And I made him sleep on the couch and he was totally chill with it. And everybody set the present and I slept on a couch because we didn't have enough beds. So me on the couch and him on the couch, everybody went, oh shit, this thing's different, you know, because yeah. the last thing you want is those surface relationships where it's, what can I get from this person? Because that's really what they're saying is like, let me show you how you can get something from this person. What value do they have based on uh, their career or what they do? And instead, when you come and you're like, we don't give a shit what you're doing. We Like, who are you? How are you? You know, like, let's talk, like real talk, like what's going on in your world? That's when you get depth to those relationships. And now when I find myself, I'm sure you're the same way, Sean, when I find myself in circles where it's all just surface stuff, I got, I have to leave the room. I just don't even want to be there. I, I can't stand it. Hey, I, I unfortunately, as a person who's had events, hosted events, I am shocked how well I'm treated when I invite someone to speak. It's so fake. Like mm. it is so fake. It is so nauseating. The entire relationship dynamic is you know I saw so yeah I've I've we've both seen it firsthand. It's it's you know everybody's playing a you know playing a character. Yeah, it's like everybody's jockeying for like the lunch table in 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 high school. Like everybody wants what? to sit at that table, and I'm like, I never really what? cared about that table. I think you'll appreciate this. The first exercise I have all my guys do the first day they show up together is I have them make a list called their badass list. And what I noticed is that jockeying, that ego, all that stuff, what people are really saying is, hey, I promise I'm worthy to get to know. Please get to know me. Even if they're saying it from an egotistical place, that's why they're bragging. That's why they're trying to front or show what they do, right? And so I have every person, and they have to come up with 50 things that make them a badass. And then I have each person get up and read their list in front of everybody. And then we celebrate them. Everybody goes nuts when they're done reading it. And we cheer that person because... All of a sudden, you see that every single one of these people has huge value and nobody has to front. Nobody has to try to get their story in so people know they're cool. You get to just brag about it, whatever you think is makes you cool. And what's cool is most of the stuff that ends up coming out is how good of a father they are, you know, how good of a brother they are, some of those kinds of things, things they do for the community. And you just, instead of looking at people and be like, oh, that person has value to me, that one probably not as much, that one probably not as much every single person you see them then as a person you see the value that they have and so that first exercise i just strip it all down i'm like let's just everybody just get it out like talk about what makes you amazing and don't hold back and let's go from there no i think you have something special because it's you're 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 doing a couple and you're and you're a smart guy you know exactly what you're doing but you're creating the okay the mastermind the idea of we put a lot of pretty sharp people in a group we're all going to push each other further where we can run mm -hmm. faster together um, number two is we crave community. We're lonely. Yep. Okay. N number three is, is that yet we love to do stuff together. We love the hunting in packs. We love adventure. Mm -hmm. so you've, you've got community, you've got adventure that, you know, you've got, you know, we're going to, you know, rush hell with a squirt gun together. You got the whole success thing going and, and it's, a, it's a combination of a lot of different things. I, I, really, it's really cool i'm with jimmy rex he is the founder of we are the they this is the only mastermind that i've ever promoted in five and a half years in i don't know hundreds and hundreds of episodes jimmy how can people be a part of this community connect with you I want to thank you also for being on the podcast 
Yeah, thank you as well. It's really cool what you've built with your podcast. Um, my Instagram is the best place to reach out to me. I I'm not too big for anybody, so anybody that responds, you know, reaches out to me, I'll answer those myself. But Mr. Jimmy Rex, and we promote all of our stuff on there. Anytime I have a speaking gig or anytime I'm throwing an event or a mastermind, um, you know, I put it all on my story there. And so the best place to follow me is just Mr. Jimmy Rex. Um, or on YouTube, I do a weekly vlog to kind of show you a little bit about my life and some of these events. If you want to see what they look like, go to my my YouTube vlog, just Jimmy Rex, and you'll see, you know, here's a 15-minute video of our trip to Spain running with the Bulls. We'll release that later today. And we just did one where we, um, you know, all just went and did a one-day Masogi challenge where we, you know, go through hell for 24 hours or just whatever we're doing. Like, it's all on there. You kind of get a real feel for for what this is. No, I, this is fantastic. It's It's so what men need. Again, Every time I see a golfer out there with his wife, I'm like, oh, he missed it. I feel it's bad. True. I feel I feel, mm -hmm. I feel bad for her, just so you know. I feel bad for her. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, it's the number one marketing podcast on the planet. And I'm grateful for that. Still can't figure it out. But I guess it's because other people tell other people. So thank you so much. It's brought to you by Gig Strategic, the best digital marketing company on the planet for small businesses. Grateful for how good they are because they work with my company. So I know how good they are, gigstrategic.com. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.